Hello there, friend. Welcome back to the Cash Confidence Stylist Podcast. So before we get into this episode, I got a question for you. How often do you ask yourself, where the hell is my money going? Okay, look, a lot of us, that runs in a constant loop in our mind. And it's time to take your first step towards financial empowerment. So I wanted to give you a free resource that is going to help you do just that. I wanna give you Assess Your Situation, which is the first module in my course, as well as your guide to figuring out where the fuck your money is actually going. Sorry if you have kids in the car. So this is gonna be a free guide that I've created to help you break the loops, providing you with tools to assess your current financial situation. You don't even have to break out the calculator and to help you gain awareness about what you actually need to start making those money moves where it truly matters. So go ahead and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the show notes and snag it. The link is down there um, and enjoy this episode. Let me know how assessing your situation goes. Thanks friends. This is Misty Jane, and you're listening to Backroom Beauty Talks, a real, raw, and unedited podcast that helps uplift the hair industry one stylist at a time. Hello there, friends. I am coming at you at the beginning of September. I just got home from Hair Love Retreat, and this episode could not be more relevant to um, the past week. So Hair Love Retreat, if you have never heard of it, it is a retreat for hairstylists, but it's not just about hair. It's about getting out of your comfort zone. It's about community, learning new things, um, looking deep within yourself. It's really the education brings you there, but it's everything else that keeps you coming back. Um, But this episode is not about hair love retreat. There will be an episode coming out here soon that is going to give you so much insight on what the retreat is all about and if the retreat is for you. But today, that's not what we're talking about. Today, I am talking with the founder and creator and mastermind and all the things of hair love. She is also my personal business coach. Um, She's an amazing unicorn with these ideas that I I don't even know how she comes up with them. But today we're talking about um, hustle culture and we're talking about how feeling the need to hustle um, actually can be a trauma response. So I really love this conversation because as you know, I like to go a little bit deeper Um, and this is pretty deep and I think that it resonates with a lot of people, whether you even realize it or not. So today I'm talking with Elizabeth Fay. You can find her on Instagram at HeyElizabethFay and I highly recommend if you are not following her, um, listening to Hair Love Radio podcast, all of the things, I definitely recommend you put that on your to-do list because she really is an amazing human being that fully embodies um, the community over competition and really bringing hairstylists together because at the end of the day, Nobody understands what we do and how we feel and the energy that we put out um, like other hairstylists. So please enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. I present to you Elizabeth Fay. Hello, Elizabeth Fay. Hello, Misty Jane. (laughs) Welcome back to Backroom Beauty Talks. I am like super pumped to have you on because um, this conversation is something that a lot of people talk about, but you talk about it in a way that I personally have never really heard, like an angle I have never really heard before because there's a lot of like hustle culture, right? Like you're against or you're for, but there's never a lot of talk about kind of why it happens in the first place. Um, So I would love to chat about that today, but before we get into it, if you would like to tell the listeners who you are and what you do. Yes, perfect. Um, My name is Elizabeth Fay. I've been in the industry since 2009 and I'm a salon owner and I'm a full-time coach. And so I coach to business energetics and my goal is to help hairstylists change their own lives whether that's from wealth or the business side or inner work side. And I'm most known for a company uh, that I own called Hair Love. And so we're an education community. We do retreats, masterminds, coaching, free resources. Um, And I just really believe that hairstylists change the world and that if I can help them change their own world, that we're all part of this massive, massive ripple effect. And so that's what I spend my days doing, coaching, retreating, and helping other people live their best lives. Absolutely. And you are my coach. And it's funny because if anyone is listening to this, they probably already know who you are because I'm honestly, I don't think I've done a single 
podcast where it hasn't been mentioned at least once, like Hair Love or High Powered or something. Every time, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's been mentioned at least one time. <laughs> so. well, I am honored. And you know, it's cool. And you know, this the community is like the magic of hair love. And it's just, it's like taken on a whole life of its own. And there are so many freaking badass, amazing people in it. And you are one of them. And so that's what's cool. It's like all these micro communities and people doing their own things and their own get togethers and events. And it's really cool. Exactly. It's that ripple effect. Yep. So yeah. let's switch gears a little bit because I know um, a couple months ago there was like this large topic on hustle culture. And it's really interesting because my whole life I have kind of felt like um, like I I hustle when I need to, but it's not a place I can live in. Like I'm not one of those people that overly hustle. Con- like if I'm sitting, I feel lazy. Not that that's something that doesn't go through my head sometimes, but um, And I read a book recently that was like our society, we're not even allowed to say I'm bored, right? Like if somebody says like, hey, how are you? Immediate reaction is you say, I'm busy. Like, oh, I'm so busy. Like, because you think, or most people think that if you say I'm bored or I'm not busy, that you're not successful. Yep. And I think that it's, it's an interesting shift. Um, And you talk a lot about how hustle culture is a trauma response. Mm-hmm. So can yeah. you elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah. So I'm going to go back to what you said, because it ties in. You talked about how I talk about hustle culture in a different way. I do. I've never seen anyone talk about the way I talk about it because I learned what I've learned through my own life, through my own healing. And if anyone has followed me online or is my client, um, I have opened up a lot about my own healing and spirituality and a lot of that kind of stuff in the last, really the last year, but I've kind of slowly been stepping into, I say like coming out of like my healing closet, like kind of, you know, it's like work you do personally or with other people. And then I started getting trained in things so I could bring them to my clients and a lot of my personal healing, I learned that a lot of... (coughs) Sorry, I have a cough, you guys. It's not COVID, but I've been getting over it. It's on a podcast, so even if it was, you're okay. <laughs> no, I was like, it, it's there. It's been there for a while. So I learned that a lot of our addiction um, to productivity, to um, <laughs> to getting things done, to hustling, to grinding, to success, to accolades, a lot of it is a trauma response. Um, And it is a way that we feel safe in our own bodies. And so we are doing these things to regulate our nervous systems and to feel safe. And when I realized that I looked at everything so differently in my life. And when I talk about hustle, I talk about healing hustle because we can still have drive, motivation, um, you know, ambition and all of that without the trauma response. And for so many of us, A, we don't identify and we're not aware of how this is showing up in our life, right? So Misty, you are my client deeply. You've been to my retreats, especially like love retreat, which we did in Tulum. A lot of that was waking up to how your limiting beliefs and your trauma responses are playing out in your life and your business. They are affecting your wealth. They are affecting the way you show up with your clients. They are affecting your family dynamics. They are literally affecting everything you do. And so waking up in awareness is step one. And so for some of you, a lot of you, you probably never even heard of it spoken to you this way, that your addiction to productivity or your need to be productive or that strong desire may be coming from an unhealthy place. And that is the difference between I work hard. I do. I work really hard. So I might even be working harder than I ever have in my life right now, but it's in a very different energy and way than it was in the past. Um, In the past, it came from feeling like I was protected and safe the more I worked. If I could only get more clients in, if I could only hit certain numbers, then I would finally be safe, right? And I was not even aware that I was doing that. I still loved what I did. I still had a good why. I still cared about my clients, but I was also behaving out of trauma. And so that could be a huge awakening is your need to do, 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 be, be, be 
out of needing to feel safe. Right. And safety can look so different. Like it can be financial safety. It can be literal physical safety. It can be, it could be just feeling enough. It, yeah, yeah. It can be judgment. You're worried about people judging you and you don't feel safe when people don't accept you. Like there's so many yeah. sides to it. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting because I think that um, when people talk about hustle too, it's like, so when I first started coaching, I found myself sitting at my computer, kind of not doing anything productive. Because in my mind, I'm in the beginning stages, I have to do something. And even though the things I needed to get done were finished, I would be like, okay, that only took a couple hours, I need to do it longer, when really I didn't. And then I would find myself so exhausted, and then I spent like two hours doing something that did nothing, like didn't move the needle, you know, whatever. Is that kind of the same situation? Like, is that part of it? Like feeling like you're not allowed to sit, like you need to do, 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 even if it's not moving the needle whatsoever. 100%. Hustling does not mean you are actually being productive. You are actually having great impact. You are actually making a shit ton of money. The hustle doesn't mean that. It means you don't have ease in your body. You can't rest. You can't be at peace. You can't feel pleasure because you're chasing, you're chasing the enoughness. You're chasing the money. You're chasing the validation. You're chasing the safety. Of course, right? We, everyone just wants to feel regulated. So when I, I remember when I started identifying this in myself, if I would get in a fight with my boyfriend and those who know my past, I'm like been divorced, single mom, all the things. Um, <laughs> when I would get in a fight with Derek, I would immediately want to go work. And I would want to go work because work provided financial stability, which made me feel safe. I could take care of my kid. I could do this on my own. I was independent. I was a woman. I was strong. That was not something I was recognizing that that was a trauma response. And so, I mean, the first step, right, is identifying how this is playing out in our lives. When things would hit the fan or things would get more stressful at work, I wouldn't be able to just sit and like think about it or see how it played out. Or I would immediately go to what can I create? What can I do? What can I sell? How can I serve from a trauma response space? Right? <laughs> now I'm coughing. <laughs> coughing. <laughs> so point being, um, it could show up in a lot of ways. I mean, people could be doing this. I mean, it can play out in so many ways. You could even be doing it with chores at home. It's just anything you feel like you're chasing and there's never an enough. And it's like enough is not an amount. There's no amount when you don't feel enough, you can't do enough to be enough because that that's not how it works. You have to feel enough. You have to decide you're enough and your birthright, like you are enough. You are born enough. You are perfect love. You are that it's just, it's choosing to believe that it's choosing to believe truth. And when we're raised in this world and this society that the more money I make, the more clients I have, the more I do, the more I produce, my value is equal to what I produce in this world. Of course we're chasing that, right? And then we feel calm. We finally feel, oh, okay. But then it's gonna, it's gonna hit you again. And I tell, I've told you this, Misty. I've told my clients this, that not enough <clears throat> syndrome or limiting belief or cycle you're in, it's like a hit. And you're just getting high from your productivity or your hustle. And it's gonna come back. It's gonna fade off. Where really, really knowing you are enough is like in your soul, in your heart, you could lose everything and not be who you are anymore, right? Like not this person, I'm Elizabeth Faye, owner of Hair Love, that could all go away. And I still know I am Elizabeth. I am perfect love. I am amazing. I am beautiful. You know what I mean? And yeah. that that's hard. It's hard for us to disassociate with our titles and our productivity and everything that we are told we need to be um, and that's why I talk about healing hustle, because what if you could feel enough as Elizabeth and also love and enjoy the title of Elizabeth Faye, founder of Hair Love? You know, I can right. still enjoy that. I can still be in the room with that. I can still be excited about that. I can still embody that. But knowing I'm still awesome and can create anything I want with or without that, you know? Well, it comes down to validation within yourself, right? Like, this is something I've been thinking about a lot and have these conversations on the podcast a lot about like 
validation, like you have to like be happy with yourself. Like you have to know, you have to trust yourself, you know, know what you need. Um, but let me ask you this. Do you find, do you think that it is in fact important to have both? So like the validation internally, and then like, do you find that it's important to kind of know outside validation? Does that make sense? Yeah. So I'm a big Brene Brown fan and she talks about belonging and community. And obviously she says all of it so much better than me. And she studies it. I mean, belonging and being a part of a space where we are loved is so important. I mean, that's just human nature. It's just, you don't want it to be the only space you're getting it from. Or the most important thing you're getting it from. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, if my worth is determined on my productivity or my likes or whatever, that's so fragile. Like that's so fragile. And that's why you feel fragile. And that's why you're so easily feeling emotional or upset. Or (laughs) I talk about the validation cycle with our clients. Um, it's so easy for hairdressers for us to get into this. We get money quick. We get, you're the best quick. You're the only one who could do my hair like this quick. Right. And you get in this easy cycle. All of that is really awesome and great, but if it's the only way you are <clears throat> deciding I'm a good hairdresser, or I'm a bad hairdresser, your whole world is going to crumble when someone leaves a bad review or someone leaves you. And that's a really good wake up call to go. And that's exactly what happens. You know, you get that bad review or somebody, you know, you get that text that they don't like their your hair and you think about completely quitting altogether. Yes. Like, yeah, <laughs> on fire, right? Yeah. And, and sometimes people have that flight or fight response. Fight is like, fuck her. She's wrong. I'm the best in the world. Flight is like, I'm out of here. I'm a piece of shit. And really we just want to have peace with the situation and you want to be able. So I invite you when something like that happens to get up out of the situation, almost picture you're like a bird, fly up out of the situation, sit in a chair and witness what is happening. Ask yourself, what is the naked truth? What are the facts? And the facts are going to be really simple, right? Um, She asked for blonde. She received blonde. It took longer than she thought. I did not tell her it would take that long, right? You're going to just list them out. (laughs) And I don't want you to make it mean anything. Don't make it mean I was wrong. I was right. She's wrong. Just list the naked facts and just kind of look at what's happening. And then you're able to make better choices on how to handle the situation because you're not making it mean so much. And that visualization helps me. Okay, I'm going to fly up out of this. Like when COVID happened and I had to move all my events, <clears throat> that was really emotional as a business owner. I had to really fly up out of my shit and look at it. The pandemic happened. I didn't start the pandemic. I have to move the event. It's illegal to host events. I don't know when it will be safe to host events, right? You start just looking at the facts right. and then you make the choice that feels like the best choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that. Um, I remember one time having a um, fire a client, and it was it was in a, my suite, just me and her. So it was a little more aggressive than you would normally see in a salon. And I remember, and maybe it was Brene Brown. It was somebody that I had read, and they had said, anytime something happens like that, like in general, something that upsets you or whatever, write it down. Write down exactly what happened. Just like on a piece of paper tell the story. Like you don't have to give it to anyone. You can burn it. You can cut it up, whatever, but just put it on paper. And it, that was like super helpful for me in that situation. Um, because like you said, it just showed like this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened. And another thing that I'll do when things like that happen is happens is I'll just think about another time in my life when it happened, like that you feel like this is the worst thing ever. Right. And you think about how long you thought about it. Usually it's not that long. Like maybe you forgot that person's name by now or like, you know, and you just kind of remind yourself like this is just a teeny little piece of life, you know, and, and it'll be okay. And, and that helps too. But the writing it down was huge. Why is that? Is it just like getting it off your chest? So it's process. So it's processing it. So all of our emotions have to be, we're going to process them. We're going to project them or we're going to store them somewhere. So if you're shoving your shit down, it's going to turn into you feeling bitter, resentment, burned out. Um, there's like 
research shown that like we can store our emotions like if you read the emotional code but like you can store even like people say weight on your body or different things like your emotions need to go somewhere and when you're not allowing yourself to express them like when we express them they get to be processed we get to go through our process when you feel it you heal it so you're experiencing I fucking hate her she's a piece of shit I'm a piece of shit right you're going through what you need to feel and like you said it doesn't last forever you're not going to feel whatever you're feeling forever but if you store it in your body it's hanging out there still you're keeping it inside so let yourself have a safe friend event to have a coach have a community write it down in your journal do something you have all those tools in your pocket choose the one that feels best right get it out feel it and then you can go to your client and not be projecting on her and not be in the middle of you processing you're coming to her clear-headed And I say this to my educators and I work with Misty and a few others. We don't share online if we're in the middle of processing or we're projecting. So you're not going to go to your podcast and write Misty. We talked about this with something and be like, ah, because that's you processing and projecting onto your community. If you go through that process first, then you're sharing from like a wise, insightful perspective, sharing an experience or an observation or a learning, but we're not using our clients or our podcast or our Instagram or right. Or our friends who didn't ask for it to be processed and projected on. Well, it comes down to coping mechanisms, right? Like Like if you don't know how to cope with something, I mean, I know me, I was a very angry teenager. People always are surprised by this, but I was a little aggressive (laughs) and would be quick to throw my hands, which is kind of funny with uh, my son being suspended right now. But, (laughs) um, and it was because it's easier to get angry. You know, it's easier when somebody says something to you to get mad. It's that person's fault instead of just taking a step back and going, why did that thing make me mad? You know, what internally is it bringing up for me that upsets me? And I think that's probably this year what I've learned the most, especially through High Powered Academy is just like being able to, like you said, kind of look from the outside and, and see what's going on. And back to the hustle, hustle culture, you know, you think about it, like we are ingrained thinking that like nine to five is safety. Mm-hmm. And that's something that with my coaching clients, I've had this conversation numerous times about like, like you tell me all the time, like you can find the ease. And just because like those around you, you know, are telling you, well, you can't work three days a week and make that much money. Bullshit. You can like, just because we got brought up with this like nine to five, idea doesn't mean that that's the way that things have to be or that you can't find safety in in another way yeah yeah and I think the the trick here is to invite yourself in to question things and that's one of my biggest goals as a coach and I share with the coaches I coach so they share us with their clients is nobody has all the answers you are your highest authority And to trust yourself a lot and to question, question everything. Okay. So-and-so became successful doing it this way. Is that the only way? Is that the way of highest service for me? Is that the way that's most aligned for me? I've seen, I mean, you see all the time people share, you know, their stories and it's, it's including my own, right? There are these stories of overcoming, of struggle, of hustle, of grind. And so we are literally celebrating and giving trophies to struggle all fucking day long. And so, and this was my journey for so long. I struggled, I overcame, I won, I got a trophy. I struggled, I overcame, I won, I got a trophy. And to undo and heal that is uncomfortable. So worth it, but uncomfortable because it requires you questioning everything you know is truth. It requires you questioning those you love and look up to. It requires you finding new proof that there's another way, which is scary to say, I don't have proof of that. I have proof that hard hustle and struggle work. I don't have proof that alignment, ease and community work, right? And so my my invitation is to question. When you see something, go, huh, that's interesting and question it. 
not in a bad or cynical way, just in a curious way, in a student way. And like, uh uh-huh, that's interesting. I wonder why they said that. Like, I'd like to learn more about that. Like, just be really, really curious and to start experimenting with your life and following people online who are expanders. There are people online, including Misty, including me, including many people in our you know, hair love community who will be expanders to you, who are going through this, who are showing that there's another way and you don't have to do it alone. And just because there's less of them doesn't mean they don't exist. And even if they didn't exist, you could still do it, right? Like I have done a lot of my experimenting, not having mentors to look up to. And then I started finding them. The more I started getting into it, or I started finding like-minded clients or friends or whatever, but experiment and question, experiment and question your life. I wrote this in my, I'm writing a book right now. And I wrote this, like your life gets to be like a costume party and you get to try on as many fucking costumes and hats as you like and see how they feel and how they fit. And you're allowed to change them at any point in time. So like for the love of God, try on the hat of rest, try on the hat of ease, try on the hat of collaboration, try on the hat of, you know, confidently owning your money, like try on these different hats and see what happens. Yeah. And coming from somebody who is not scared to dip my feet into <laughs> various things, um, you have to, and, and it's okay to change your mind. It's okay to go, you know what? Yeah, this isn't working. Or maybe this is working, but not the way that I'm doing it. Like you can switch it around and, and you don't have to, there's not, it is not one size fits all, nothing, not hair, not coaching, not life, not family, literally nothing is one size fits all. Let me ask you, go ahead. I just said it can't be. And I would question when someone tells you it is that if they are a mentor or advisor that is going to be healthy for you. Cause I think it is dangerous to get into spaces. And I say this because I've had it happen. It's dangerous to get in spaces where um, it's my way or the highway. This is the only way to be successful. What it's doing is it's boxing you into a reality that doesn't have to be your reality. And I want my biggest hope is for people to be in very expansive realities. Right. It's possible. Right. And when you're like this system, this way, this framework is the only way that that's not truth and question it, you know? Right. Absolutely. Well, here's my question. Cause this is something that I, I struggle with, um, as far as questioning things. So, you know, we're all brought up where you have to have some kind of struggle, you know, whether it be in your life, your family, your business, whatever it is. Um, do you, cause I know for me, I have a very hard time personally really connecting with people who didn't struggle in some way, you know, Mm -hmm. especially like family, like past struggles. And I think about this all the time because there is this conversation is happening always. I mean, I have it on the podcast almost every episode, you know, being about it can be easy, blah, blah, blah. But I think about people that I've met who kind of have rose-colored glasses, like with life. Like they've just always been given things. They've never had to like struggle at all. And it's just like a completely different conversation. And I always wonder is you know, we're trying to help people not struggle in various ways, right? We're saying find the ease, all these things, but is there a little bit of, you need some type of struggle or are we talking like struggle just can look differently? Like struggle can be like, um, pushing yourself in a different area. Like it doesn't have to be like trauma necessarily. Like I struggle with that because I feel like I wouldn't be who I am if I didn't go through the hard things. Right. Um, and it's yeah. just like, like in, even if with hair, I mean, we can relate it to hair. Like, you know, if I didn't walk around passing out business cards, you know, for two years to build my business, like, would I even have the capability of trying to be an educator? Because I, I never did that. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 I think you are mixing up a few things and I want to help you because I bet you are one of many. So <laughs> Buddha says this. Pain is inevitable, but struggle is optional. Life is going to happen. People are going to die. People are going to hurt you. You're going to hurt others. Hard things are going to happen. Challenges are going to come. Life is contrast. It's shadow and light. And what makes the light so beautiful is the shadow. So we would not know great joy without great pain. We would not know 
gratitude without right like sorrow and sadness um anger is healthy sadness is healthy healthy there's a few of the girls in high power i'm helping them with anger work now i'm doing anger work at home you are supposed to have a full spectrum of emotions that is healthy that is the way life is there's a difference between pain is going to happen and you may struggle through it. The difference is how much self-created struggle are you experiencing? And so when I say struggle and hard is a trauma response, there's a difference between, Hey, my son's going through a hard time. This feels hard. It is fucking hard, right? This is a struggle. This is challenging. This is uncomfortable. This makes me sad, angry, whatever, right? Guilty, shameful, whatever I'm experiencing. But how much of it am I perpetuating the struggle? How much am I making harder than it needs to be? There will always be contrast, accept it all. When we believe there's only one side of the spectrum, they call it toxic positivity. But what you're doing is you're actually shoving down the other very needed emotions and you are causing yourself to have a whole bunch of other issues. Experience them all, have them all. I am not a happy-go-lucky person all day long. I literally do anger work. I cry daily. I do, I do lots of shit to get to move that energy. Feel your feelings. You feel it to heal it. And so it's just asking, am I perpetuating struggle? Am I creating struggle that's not necessary? Bad things are gonna happen. That's hard things are gonna happen. It's just we can experience them through a different lens on life. You can experience them by why does this fucking always happen to me? I knew I wasn't enough. I know I'm a piece of shit. I'm going to go back to my old ways or this is really hard. I'm feeling my feelings. I'm having a hard time. I'm leaning on my tools, my community, my spirituality, my friends, my therapist, whatever you have. What can I learn from this? How is this a sacred opportunity to transform into the next level of who I am? Things you get to brainwash yourself into whatever kind of life you want to live. You can brainwash yourself into you are not enough and you are hate and shame and guilt. You can also believe and choose to feel truth and I am perfect love. And that's something I do believe we are born as perfect love, right? That's my personal belief system. And I choose to see everything in my life as a sacred opportunity of transformation, the hard, the bad, the health issues, the family issues. It's still hard. I still cry. I'm still mad. I go through the full spectrum. I just choose to find the lesson in it. And I choose to grow from it instead of why does this happen to me? It's how is this happening for me? It's just a perspective shift. That's all it is. Yeah. I love that. Well, it kind of comes down to, to controlling what you can control. You know, I mean, you can't control what happens, but you can control how you react to it. I mean, it essentially comes down to that, right? It's the experience of your experience. And so it's like, I am experiencing, and my son's fine right now. I'm just using that example. We have gone to my example, (laughs) (laughs) but like, I, you know, my son has had some issues as well and troubled things. And so let's say he's going through a really hard time behaviorally, all these things. He has ADHD. This is true. Things like that. I can experience that through that experience through the lens of I'm a bad parent. It's because I got divorced. I'm a single mom. There's no answers. Everything I do is a dead end. I hate being a mother or right. I get to have the experience of a totally different experience of what is this teaching me? How is this showing up for me? How can I find answers for him? How is this going to affect those around me? You know, what can we learn from this? And it honestly has taught me patience. It's taught me deep forgiveness for my ex-husband because I chose to find this as a learning lesson in my life. I was able to heal my hatred for him. It taught me deep patience. It taught me love without conditions because I was loving him when he behaved well. Well, can I love him when he doesn't? These are the lessons available that are huge, impactful, life-changing lessons if you wake the fuck up to your life. Yes? Right. So the question- is what's your sacred opportunity of whatever you're going through right now. Yeah. And there is a lesson in everything. Everything. You get to choose that, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but again, you know, accepting it is hard. Like that's the hardest part. And that's part of your spectrum of emotions. That's part of your growth. Acceptance is huge. That's a lesson we get to learn all the time. A mantra I have, I accept my reality. That's, and sometimes that's hard. You're like fighting with your spouse. I accept my reality. I accept that we are not seeing eye to eye. I accept that I hate the way he sees the world, right? Whatever. But I, I'm accepting that this is difficult right now. 
and I'm learning patience, understanding, et cetera. Yeah. That, yeah. It's it. Acceptance is the hardest part because sometimes you have to admit you're wrong. Sometimes you have to admit you made a mistake. Sometimes you have to admit you don't know something and nobody likes that. Like, again, that comes back to feeling safe, right? Like nobody feels safe when they feel like they don't know something or, you know, and yeah, it's interesting because I know again, this year, what I learned the most was if I just believe in myself, I can make something happen. And I know it sounds so stupid and so simple, but it was like, wow, I feel like people have been telling me that my, me that my whole life. And it's like, literally that's all I need to know, you know? And then even cause, and I'm not saying for those listening, I am not saying that those negative, that negative shit does not creep in my head. That is not like, it still does, but now I trust myself and I'll, I'll hear it in my head and I'll go, but that's like you said, that is not true. Like I believe in myself and I just almost take it as like a naysayer, even though it's me in my head, you know, just kind of like, screw you. I can do this kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. Cause I think that's a lot of, it too is like people think that they're different. Like, well, I'm the only one who thinks that I can't do it or, you know what I mean? And it's like, if you really talk to everyone, everyone goes through it in one way or another all the time. time. So today um, in my uh, Instagram stories, I asked what people's fear is um, going to a class or a retreat or networking alone. Every single person has said not belonging. Not one person has said anything different. And it's, and I, and I've responded to everyone saying, I feel that way. You know, everyone feels that way. But then once you go and you realize everyone feels that way, you're no longer alone and you're no longer not accepted. You are now in this community of everyone who has limiting beliefs and we're all trying to figure out how to cope with them. And we're all trying to get out of it. And we're all trying to help each other get out of it. Mm-hmm. But I think sometimes we have to stop and go, you know, I don't know if it's ego that we think that we're the only ones who feel a certain way. Could be, I mean, a lot of it could be, they just have never spoken about it and they don't know if anyone else feels that way. So it could just be not knowing. Um, It could be comparison, right? If we're not talking to the people you just, right now we see everything and forever forward, right? We see everything online. And so we just see the parts of whatever someone puts out of their life, of course, they're not putting their whole life on. Um, So it's a lot of things. Yeah. But every, it feels like everyone feels it. Yeah. But everyone thinks they're the only ones feeling it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Well, (laughs) and I think though, I mean, and I want to go back to something you say, some people feel it. There are people who do know they belong because they put themselves in spaces and they've learned that. And like, you know, you, I mean, do you feel like you belong more than you used to two years ago? Some days, yeah. most days, most but there days. are the days that I'm yeah. like, what am I doing here? Am I even wanted here? You know, but, but they're smaller. Leveling. You're you, I want to say this because there's growth in this. You now know you belong at a hair love retreat, right? I'm going to use a simple example. You've been there. You've done that. You're a leader in the community. The only place you're feeling I don't belong is new higher levels that you're stepping your foot into. So exactly. you can get comfortable. You can know that I do belong. And you were saying something earlier that I want to point out because I think it's a lesson for you and anyone listening. You said, nobody likes, you said acceptance or nobody likes admitting they're wrong. You can get comfortable with that. You really can. You could get more comfortable with that. And that's something you're working on, right? Yeah, that's true. I mean, cause I, I don't mind admitting I'm wrong. I think it depends right. on, but it goes back to what you said about sharing when you've worked through something. Yeah. So there's some things that maybe I would admit now that make me feel more uncomfortable, but I can admit a million other things that I've already worked through and exactly. I don't mind. I can, let's talk about it. You know what I mean? So I think that it comes, it kind of full circles back to that. Like the things that I've worked through and learned, you know, figured out or, or coped with, they're easy to share. They're easy to say, oh, I made this mistake. I was wrong, you know? Mm-hmm. So it, again, it comes back to um, putting in the work. Yeah. It's putting in the work and the growth and look how much work you've put in and how far you've come. Yeah. You admit when you're wrong, you're not afraid to change. You experience things, you experiment with your life, you openly share, you openly collaborate. You're the first person to make others feel like they belong. 
So yes, is it a common feeling that people feel like they don't belong? Yes, to people who are not in community with others. Right. People who have never felt like they belong somewhere. They've never found that space. Yep. And if anyone's listening, the space is out there. Totally. And sometimes you have to find it. You know, I mean, it took me going to a class by myself and then getting on a flight and going to another (laughs) class by myself and then getting on another flight and going to hair love retreat. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't, I had to seek it out because it wasn't here. Like it wasn't in my local area. And then now once you seek it out and you feel comfortable, like you said that actually this is all full circle too. Like you, once you feel comfortable, you go to something like hair love retreat or wherever, and you know, you, you're not scared to walk up and meet people. Then you come home and you're not scared to DM somebody and have coffee with them, you know? And, and it does kind of, it, it does it full circles, but you have to take that first step. Yes. Yes. And I'm going to tie this into healing hustle because it's actually, it's coming good. This is full circle. So it's, you know, stepping out of your comfort zone. So we talked about awareness, right? And we talked about a lot of different things today, but it's that awareness that realizing, and, you know, I asked the question of, you know, is there, and not everyone's going to relate to this. Some people are like, I am great at rest. Like that, this isn't their thing. And so just recognize that there are other people who go through this and that's awesome that it's not you. And you get to be an example of what different can look like in our world, which we desperately, desperately need. And so please shine your light. Don't feel embarrassed by that. Um, I say that Maisie's someone who's really good at enjoying life and work. And she used to feel almost like weird about it, you know, like, well, everyone else is so obsessed with work, you know, and I just love my work, but I also love life. It's like, no, post more about that. Be more of that because people need to see that that exists because it's so inspiring and empowering. But for those of you who do recognize it in your life or you did today, I want you to ask yourself, A, I highly suggest hiring a coach, doing some healing work, um, starting to discover where that comes from. It always, always comes back from inner child trauma work. Um, you can reach out to me. I have a ton of resources. Like there, there's so much, I can even tell you local things to look for in your town, but anyway, so, um, you know, think back about maybe where that came from. Cause we're living out the loop, right. We're living out that, um, idea of safety, but start when you have the feeling I talked about flying up, sitting in the chair. I want you to just fly up and sit in the chair and observe what you're, what you're going through. You'd be like, okay, I, I'm going to use my example. I got in an argument with my partner and it triggered me to feel pissed off and unsafe and abandoned and alone. So therefore I turned to my computer because that regulates myself and makes me feel connected, safe, protected, right? All of those things. And then question if that feeling is true. And what you're doing is you're dissociating. So we are not our emotions. When you are, my boyfriend struggles with depression and anxiety. He is, and this was an amazing thing we were taught. He is not depressed. He is not anxious. He's in the room with the feeling. He's experiencing it. And what you're doing is you're not saying, I am depression. You're saying, I am experiencing depression. And that alone is so powerful. It's putting that experience and that emotion as other. You are other. That is depression. This is me. I'm experiencing it. I'm not depression, right? That's very powerful. So I want you to have that moment of, okay, other, and I'm going to use the example for myself. I am experiencing, I'm in the room with abandonment, you know, whatever. I'm going to use abandonment because that's where mine came from. All these things. And that's making me want to feel safe with work. And then ask yourself, what's true? Am I abandoned? And no, Derek didn't leave me. He's still in the house. He actually still loves me. He didn't even say he's breaking up with me. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? And yeah, the truth on what you're experiencing in the room and you start to dissociate yourself from, oh my God, there I am abandoned again, five-year-old little Elizabeth, right? Because that's what you're going through and you don't know it. And so that's my suggestion for you is now that you have some awareness, when you start to feel anxious, depressed, whatever is happening, fly up high in the chair for two seconds, look at the situation and just see what's going on 
and then ask yourself if it's true. Am I abandoned? Am I this? Am I that? And you might even laugh or be fucking pissed at yourself, but like, just start there. There's like a whole, and I'm going to have a book coming out next year. I'm going to literally walk you through the healing process, but that's a beautiful place to start is dissociating from what you're experiencing and looking at it as true and starting to invite yourself to do something different. The only way to break a loop is to break the loop, right? To do something different. So one of my programs, my sales page literally says it's workshop in a box. So people are in the loop of, well, I don't make enough money and I don't have enough time to invest money and time into workshop in a box. So they live in this loop and they stay not making enough money, not having enough time. The only way they're going to break the loop is to invest the money they don't have. I'm doing air quotations and invest the time they don't have right? To get the money they desire and the time they desire. You have to do something different if you want something different. So break the loop in your life with hustle. And when you're home, I'm going to use an example of myself. When I'm home with my child and he wants to make eye contact with me and he wants to hang out and I feel not comfortable. I want to be on my computer. I want to be on Instagram. I want to be DMing some, whatever. I want to be doing something that is feeding my nervous system with ease by productivity, by all of that stuff, you have to sit in the uncomfortableness. And eventually I swear to God, you will become comfortable with it. I can chill now and I fucking love it. And I'm so proud of myself that I have changed the way I regulate myself, but it takes time and work and being uncomfortable. It's not going to happen overnight. Don't put a time limit on yourself. Sit in it sit with your kid, stare him in the eye, sit with your partner, pet the fucking dog. And I would literally tell myself, think of something different. And I'm like, my dog is so soft. I love how soft he is. Like I had to like, literally like a drug addict, like walk myself through this process. And the better I get, the more I love my life, the more money I make, the more I serve my clients, the better, like it will be magic in your life because you will have a light inside of you that isn't just I'm not enough. I need to be productive. The light is like a whole other kind of light. And so that's my encouragement. Dissociation. What is the truth? Break the loop by doing something uncomfortable. And it's a process. This is the work. The work of your life is your life. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's so true. I mean, and doing something uncomfortable can look so different. It can be going somewhere and meeting someone. It can be spending money you're uncomfortable with. It can be spending time that you think you don't have, like it doesn't have to be one thing. I mean, I mean, even little things like at hair love going on the hike, super uncomfortable, you know, going this year, I can't wait. So excited. Like you said, you've done it. It gets easier. Um, the first step is the hardest accepting and then taking the first step. It's fucking hard. Um, but a lot of times the next step's a lot easier. And then the next step is even easier. And then, you know, next thing you know, you're flying across wherever you're going. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So, so, so true. It will, it will get easier. And that's how you start to begin to heal your relationship with hustle. Absolutely. It's not making it bad or good. It's just healing how you identify with it. Yes. Yep. So I want to end with one question for you. Does growth ever get easier? Yes. Totally. Uh, for me, this is my experience. Um, for me, growth becomes more like a way of life and second nature. Um, I feel like when you first start investing or changing, it feels heavy and hard and it's a season for you. And then it just starts to become part of your life and you are always evolving and growing. And Like next year, I, right now I'm auditioning for a Ted talk in three weeks, two weeks. I'm in the middle of that process. I'm doing a documentary next year, releasing, I have a book coming out. Like those are some big fucking things and they feel easier than they did to like grow a clientele. And I mean that because I've done so many things that stretched me and expanded me that I now have so much trust. I have so much proof that this is part of the process that I'm going to cry. I'm going to hate myself. I'm going to love myself. Like, I know I'm going to go through this process and I already know that's going to happen. And I know that I'm going to learn things I don't know. 
and I'm just ready for it and I'm excited for it. And I know it's going to have contrast. And so I think you just trust yourself more. You have more proof and you just, I think life is like a video game. You just get to play on like these new levels. And I now very much love being a student. Um, I feel like I could reintroduce myself to someone every quarter of the year because I'm always growing. And I think it just, it just kind of becomes fun to find these new levels of yourself and share them with others. And you'll get more comfortable. Like I'm no longer afraid of what people think of me or the judgment of family. Like I've gotten past a lot of that stuff where now it's just like, I'm just in this space of expansion. So like, once you get past a lot of that stuff, yes, absolutely. Yes. Growth is addicting. Yes. If yeah. you're here to grow, I think we are on this earth to grow. That's my personal belief system. Like we are here to learn lessons and share and experience in all of it. So I think that's yeah. where we're here for. I had a conversation um, this weekend about growth uh, or what was it about? Was it about, yeah, it was about growth and how, um, like, when will it, we ever get tired of it? Like, when will we ever just go, you know what? I'm good. Like being out of your comfort zone, you know, like, no, I'm, you know, I'm comfortable. I'm just going to be done. Like you think about being older, you know, is there ever going to be like you're 55, 60 and you're just like, you know what? I'm, I just want to chill. And I realize like, we always put so much on growth with our career you know, and it's like, you want to stay out of your comfort zone. You always think about your career. You really rarely think about family or like fun stuff. And I was like, you know what though, even then when I'm older, I'm still going to be out of my comfort zone, maybe traveling somewhere like, yeah. you know, where I don't know the language or, you know, like it, it doesn't have to be career driven, you no, know, not growth, at all. I think growth really isn't career driven. I think it just helps your career, but I agree. Um, yeah. But anyway, Elizabeth, thank you so much, not just for this conversation, but for everything. Um, you've been the best coach. I'll cry. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, it's nice to have somebody meet you where you are. And it's really nice to have somebody help you not like as much as like you're a business coach, like you business is like not even this, the part that it has helped me with. So I just want to thank you. Um, and if anyone is listening and they're scared that they're not going to belong or that they can't find their community because for whatever reason, like you feel like you're not good enough. Like I, I challenge you to go to hair love retreat or any of Elizabeth re retreats and tell me that you did not find your community. I, I dare you. <laughs> I dare you too. I literally dare you because it, I don't know how to explain what this woman does. Um, but it's magic and you will find your people in this community. Well, I love you. And you're an incredible teacher, coach, hairstylist, student, mother, and watching you continue to grow in your leadership is fucking awesome. This is only just the beginning. Elizabeth, yeah, where can where can everybody find you? <laughs> um, Instagram's a good one. Hey Elizabeth Faye, I post a lot of stuff. Hair Love University online, and you'll find all the links from there. There's many things. The podcast. Yep, Hair Love, Love Radio. Radio. We got hundreds of episodes, and there is a chance that Miss Misty Jane may be one of the co-hosts coming up later in the year. All right, Elizabeth, thank you so much. Once again, thank you so much for listening to Backroom Beauty Talks. If you like what you heard, screenshot this episode, post it on Instagram, tag me. I've actually officially created a Instagram handle just for this podcast. So be sure to find Backroom Beauty Talks on Instagram. Give it a follow. Um, there's not a whole lot posted on it yet, but it's coming. And thank you so much for supporting this um, wonderful venture of mine and I'm glad that you enjoy it as much as I enjoy making these for you. Have a good one.